Artem came into the picture, but of yeah. course there was that, like you mentioned that speculation of like, oh, maybe what happened during the, during dancing with the stars and stuff and having John in the sidelines and seeing all this unfold when she starts going out with him after and kind of testing it out and see if this is an actual thing. Uh, like, could they pursue in this relationship? And Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today I'm joined by the lovely actress and podcaster of the podcast called Mentors on the Mic. Welcome Michelle Miller to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited because we love the show and we've done it before. We are recapping the whole season, season six of total bellas oh my gosh i was so happy to get another season i know me too i think it's doing really well too it's not just like really great for us so i feel like they're gonna come up with another season no doubt about it but i felt like this season flew i said i cannot believe we watched this many episodes but so much has happened i know how many episodes was this season do you know off the top of your head i don't know i think it it was it flew by it really did I think it what started in November when we like texted each other and said OMG (laughs) you know what it's because I think they had a short hiatus in between Mm. like for the holidays so it felt so much yeah it felt it felt like it flew by but like you're right wow it started in November yeah and uh they just wrapped up about uh two three weeks ago and uh I was just blown away like we got to see uh, baby bumps by twins, <laughs> <laughs> babies be born, relationships grow. We've seen more of the family and um, their developments moving, which was always just like, oh my gosh, like I did not know that. And of course, we got to see Artem more in action in the season. We did. We got to know him more. We got to see a happier version of him because of, well, we got to see a sad version of him and that happier version of him. But I really related to that journey. So as as someone who's in the arts, I felt like, oh, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. We have a lot to talk about. Where do you want to start? I feel like we should start of them having babies because that was the biggest thing. You know, you got a set of twins who are pregnant and they're going through that journey together. One's going to be a first time mom, which is Nikki, for those who don't know, and Brie, who is going to be a second time mom. And I was just like, I don't know. I just felt so excited because again, how often does a set of twins get pregnant around the same time? It's insane, really. I'm pretty sure that they announced their pregnancy at some time around now last year. Do you remember that? Like it was like a People magazine thing. And I think it was Mm -hmm. around February. Um, I could be wrong, but I think so. 
Um, yeah, super cool. I mean, what's also awesome about it, and we might've mentioned this last time, or maybe you and I just talked about it separately, but if, if there are identical twins having babies, that means those twins share DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, those kids, the, their respective kids share DNA. So both Buddy and Mateo have similar DNA to each other, not just because of the sibling thing, but because their moms are both identical twins. That mm-hmm. means I think they share the same DNA from each parent. So they both, it's almost like they're siblings is what I'm trying to say. They're like half siblings. It's almost like they were from the same mom because the, <laughs> the mom has the same, the same DNA. Isn't that cool? That so is, is like, cool. it is like twins. It's bizarre. Yeah. And I think we, we've heard from Brian uh, towards the last seat, the last episode where he says like um, uh, the Bella boys or the twin cousins or something, he calls them when they were, they were both able to see each other. Yeah. I think he mentioned something about like uh, twin cousins. Like it's, it's so like he was so ecstatic because yeah. I feel like Brian's more into the science and how things develop because he is like, I feel like he's one of those guys. Um, but I was just like, this is so cool. And you're right. Like they share that DNA and it feels like it comes out from one person, but really it's two. And I cannot wait to see how they grow up together. Again, because of that and how their relationship as cousins develop, it seems like they're just going to be like brothers, sort of. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, it's funny because remember last season when their brother was like kind of frustrated with them, you know, with Nikki because he felt was that last season or was that beginning of the season? I'm not even sure anymore. I think it was. I think it was last season where their brother was upset with Nikki because they he felt like anytime Nikki was in town, he would only she would only see Bree's kid she would only he would only see bird she would only see birdie and you know it he felt like it was very you know sad for his kids and that turned that sadness turned to anger you know i i understand why but he was saying listen you know it makes it seem like you want to be closer to birdie and i remember nikki being like this is so stupid i love all my nieces and nephews the same but now fast forward, I mean, obviously there's a lot that's happened between that relationship, but I was just thinking, Angelica, like he, like she is so close to Birdie, right? And now mm-hmm. she has these, you know, they have these kids that are like these brother slash cousins, you know, like they're so close and they're going to grow up together. She is closer to Bree's kids. I mean, like you see it more and more. They moved in next door to each other during this mm-hmm. season. I think they're still very close, you know, proximity wise, you know, to each other in their new homes. And I just, you know, I wonder that dynamic of, of, you know, the other brother being like, oh, wow, you know, your kids are going to be so, so, so close. And my kids are just not going to have the same relationships with their aunts, with their cousins as you guys will. It must be a little difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, which is kind of difficult because, again, I don't have I do have nieces, but they're from my husband's side on his side, like his brother, my brother-in-law. And let's say if my brother would have a child, I would feel like, you know, and it, but the thing is, it's kind of hard because I only have a brother. I don't have another sibling but right. I can see where he's coming from in a way of, yeah, like you only hang out with, with Birdie, like why not with my kids? And I just, I don't know. I think 
again, they work together. They're always attached to the hip. They live beside each other. Like they, it's like they do it for a reason because it's that comfort of having your twin right beside you. Um, I feel like it's just a twin thing that uh, like some say, you don't really understand it until you know, or you, you've been a twin before, or you are a twin. If I'm that, if I'm making any sense out of that, but I don't know. It's just, it's tough. Like, you know, he feels that way, but also they work together. They live next door to each other. But if he did live in the same neighborhood or five minutes away or 10 minutes away, I'm pretty sure it would have been a little bit different, but also again, going back to the DNA side of things, it's like, that's a little piece of birdie that. Yeah, exactly that Nikki has and even Birdie was so attached from the beginning because obviously when she's she was younger she didn't really quite understand why yeah the difference she didn't know (laughs) I think she babysat her in uh, the last two seasons and she was just like she called me mommy yeah and it makes sense I mean they look a lot alike (laughs) they do so yeah and we got to see that uh, dynamic again with the brother because there's still that resentment but this time it was more about uh, politics and all that and their disagreements and you know again would they they were able to repair it this season but I don't know I feel like I think they need to just set their differences aside and kind of just like they have to understand each other like yeah i work with brie 24 7 technically and i see you when i see you yeah i mean i wonder if she feels like she has a normal relationship with her brother but like an obviously heightened relationship with her twin sister so it's like if i come into town and i'm able to see my brother and his kids great and i feel like i see them often enough and then you know but because i'm working with my sister and she has her daughter there of course, I'm going to see her more. And mm-hmm. it's not like on purpose, but must feel kind of, you know, crappy on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. That's also the other thing, you know, he, it's, if I were in his shoes, uh, I would probably feel crappy too. But also, I have to understand they're practically, they live next door to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there was a lot of that. Well, let's talk about the home thing because yes, that whole thing really threw me for a loop because, okay, so for everyone who maybe hasn't listened or, you know, has listened, maybe you can, you can relate. So here they are. They live next door to each other in Arizona, right? Nikki builds what she calls her dream home right next door to her sister, Brie, her twin sister, Brie, and her husband and kid. Um, and so, you know, they're living next door to each other. He's, she's built her dream home and it works out really well for them because the entire time they're pregnant and in quarantine, they're kind of like one big family, right? Like, I think they, they said that, you know, Arda makes food for all of them and, you know, they're, they're doing this, they're doing this, like almost, you know, they're all like a pod and it makes sense. They're right next door to each other. But then at some point towards the end of the pregnancy, Brie gets this itch to move to Napa, right? She's just like, I think in her mind, I understood her perspective. She was like, I thought about how I've always wanted to live in Napa. And with this quarantine, this pandemic, I felt like why I I need to just do it now. If I don't do it now, then I'll always maybe regret it or always wish one day I will. And most, and she also made the, the very good point, which is that 
you know, they have so much business with their winery in Napa and other projects they have currently in the works in Napa. And she said, you know, prior to the pandemic, it was just an easy flight from Arizona to Napa. But she said now, because no one's flying really because of the pandemic, it's been very difficult for them to work in Napa because they're not able to get there as quickly. So it actually, you know, was practical in many respects. But then, you know, uh, then Daniel, you know, Bree's husband starts alluding to the fact that they've actually moved multiple times in the last few years and that that's a common thing. And as soon as he said that, I couldn't help but being like, ooh, there's a psychological thing there. There's a thing where like you don't want to settle down. What do you think? I was shocked, first of all, when Brian said it seems like she's she gets very unhappy. She doesn't want to be here. There's something she's got to find. And then all of a sudden she needs to, well, all of a sudden we're moving again. And I felt really bad for him because I feel like for him, it's like he's already moving around a lot for work. Like these guys work. I think I lost the number. I think it's like 350 days out of the year. They're nonstop. And you're constantly moving. It's like, when does my other personal life stop for a moment like why can't I just come home to a home and not just a year later I'm all of a sudden moving again and I really felt bad for him because he's he really seemed to be very frustrated of this whole moving situation because they moved quite a bit we saw them in their second home when when they got broken into um, I forgot where they were living then. And then we saw them go to Washington and then from Washington going back to Arizona. Um, and then I'm not sure what in between we've seen or we haven't seen yet. And then now, I think obviously- for definitely for a while, they were in L.A. I don't know if they moved to L.A. I know Nikki did. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But like. I felt so bad for him. And I do agree with you. Maybe there is something more that Bree's kind of just not telling us. I think like a therapist needs to intervene. If at that point you realize you move every time, you know, every couple of years, even, you know, for, or every year, it seems like it was very often, you know, it's very destabilizing, but it also, I think says something about you that you're not able to sit still for too long, you know, that you're able to get bored really quickly. And, and maybe if their lifestyle was conducive for that fine but I don't think I think it doesn't come from this like I want to make a choice to move it comes it's it looks like it comes from a place of like I'm unhappy here and I need this to solve that but it obviously isn't solving that if you keep getting into that place of unhappiness um but it could be very destabilizing especially for I think Birdie for the kid right I mean Mm -hmm. to to get to an age where you're like moving and you're away from people maybe it's not the same now because in Arizona, she must have not been able to see friends really that much anyway during that time. But, you know, at some point you go like, I can't move anymore. Yeah, but he did also mention they moved to Arizona to be closer to family. And also Kathy, she was in Orlando for quite some time with her husband and ended up moving to Arizona because her son JJ's there with the with his family and then the twins were moving so she decided let's move I want to move to Arizona to be closer to my children and I really didn't like actually between you and me how the twins were pressuring her to move to California because in my head They made the choice to move, but now they keep kind of guilting her and saying, well, we need our mom. You know, we, you know, the boys need their grandmother. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys made the choice to leave 
where she mm-hmm. is. You know, she moved to you already and now you want her to move to you again. And Brie had a little bit of like, a, I mean, I love her and I love both of them, but like Brie had a little bit of like a, well, you know, I'll make it happen. I'll get her to come. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, we all know, you know, that you're very close to your mom and you probably can make her uh, at some point move, but it's not fair to JJ who now like, again, has to be the recipient of, of, of more people leaving him and his kids, you know, like he used to have cousins and aunts and uncles nearby and, you know, grandparents. And now he's, he might have to say goodbye to all of that family that his kids are now used to having nearby. It just kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I felt like that's something that really, like, I kind of hope that the mom doesn't move to Napa. Like, I just was like, it sounds crazy that like everyone's like, oh, the twins are like, we have to move. And it's like, oh, well, we'll we'll get them all to come to. It's like, no, you made your decision. Stop making Mm -hmm. it for other people. Yeah, definitely. And the whole process of that, the fact that, oh, we looked at like, it was like going to a furniture shop and saying, hey, so we found matching patio sets and we're going to buy it. It was just like one of those conversations. And I'm just like, I cannot believe. And it's true what uh, Daniel said. It's like shopping for a house is like shopping online for them. Because they just look. They they, do it so much. And yeah, they come up with this idea and say, hey, oh my gosh, there is a house there that I love. Oh my gosh, I'm just going to put in the author uh, offer without consulting with the, obviously. I can't even believe that you would buy a house without seeing it. Like I get that people do that, (laughs) but I mean, maybe people do that when they have a lot of money and they have someone there to actually physically see it. (laughs) You know, like I, I have my license in New York. I, I, you know, not practicing right now, but for a while I was, I was a practicing agent. I can't even imagine not seeing the place, but also like not having someone physically there showing you like she looked like she really had not seen it aside from the pictures. So you're telling me you didn't have the broker take a video on his phone for you. Like, did you not have someone, you know, there nearby, maybe try to see it and just, you just bought it. Like I get it. I get it's a pandemic. So maybe it wasn't as accessible to have that, but just to buy something that's that big. I mean, you, in order for, I think they implied that in order for them to buy that house, they had to sell the one in Arizona to have the money for that new house. So imagine, and she said that she's like, I had to sell my dream home for this like house that I have to now renovate. (laughs) I was completely shocked. Now I did feel bad for, uh, again, Daniel and also Artem because Artem was taken by surprise. Like he was, I, he was for the idea, but he didn't expect it to come this fast. Uh, he was just kind of taken away. He started working dancing with the stars and schedule got intense and you know, you're not going to see him for a while because he's busy. And it's like, literally like hey we just went to the store we found something we liked and boom we we just bought it. it's being delivered and it's just why couldn't you just slow down a little bit and consult with your partner like yeah. i was 
I, I was shocked. Weird. Yeah. I mean, my, my boyfriend has been made, has made it very clear that like, he's not a big fan of surprises, like big ones, like maybe you could do <laughs> small ones, but like big, like he said, never throw me a surprise birthday party. Like, he's like, that's just not my thing. I don't. And he's like, and don't surprise me with a trip somewhere. He's like, I want to be part of that. I want to be part mm-hmm. of making that trip with you. Like you can surprise me and then let's sit down together and do it. But I, I don't want to be surprised with a trip or surprised. He's just, that's not my personality. And I was thinking, imagine surprising him with a home. Like, that's bizarre. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, that's just such a huge purchase. Even if huge. it's someone else's money, you're, you're mm-hmm. deciding a life for someone. You're deciding a home for someone. I mean, that home should be chosen for, by both people involved. Exactly. And it kind of goes back where... Artem did not get the job at Dancing with the Stars and he went through that phase. It was Nikki who was trying to be helpful and kind of went like, hey, here's a vision board. Here, this is what you should be doing. Hey, why don't you try this job? Hey, why don't you do this? Because she was like worrisome of how is Artem going to make money? And here we go, fast forward. Hey, I'm going to buy a house. Oh, by the way, I bought a house and we're going to be moving in a couple weeks. And, but it's beside Brie, so it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. It sounds a bit manipulative. <laughs> yeah, like she wants to kind of take control of, I guess, of the bigger stuff because yeah. she wants to probably feel like I can take control of the bigger stuff. Maybe that's something that we're starting to see out of her, where I want to show that I'm independent and I can still take care of my family, even though he's not working. But yet again, you did a huge vision board and gave him, Hey, why don't you open up a restaurant? Why don't you do this? Why don't you dab? Because she was like worried that how else are they going to make money? And it's just like, could it be because of their reputation and being, you know, celebrities and, you know, having such a great reputation, in their previous careers and stuff like that. Who knows for her know. to take that jump. I was just like, damn, Artem, like, and he handled it pretty well. He did. I, say. I don't know if they, really they took good. out, maybe they edited like a bigger reaction, but he's just <laughs> super like, he's like a cool cucumber, you know, like <laughs> I really liked him this season. I felt really bad, obviously, when he lost Dancing with the Stars and, he kind of get you know went into that depression which they showed and i and i appreciate that it made him seem very human you know it's the same mm-hmm. way when you saw daniel go through his struggles when he couldn't work for a while you know there's something about especially as an actor watching someone lose their dream and you know knowing it'll be okay in the long run but understanding completely how in the moment it's so difficult so watching yeah. him kind of really like discover that loss and then and then adjust and then get his job back and just being so happy and grateful and I couldn't help but feel like you know there was that moment at the end I think it was one of the last maybe the last episode when Nikki's telling him you know and explaining her postpartum and how she's been really sad but she really felt like she wanted to hide that from him that was her like mechanism of coping because she felt like she didn't want to take away that happiness from him And he said something so sweet. He was like, well, don't you think that part of the reason I'm so happy is also because of you and Mateo. Mm. It's not just dancing with the stars. And I think, you know, for him, maybe, maybe it's okay for my wife or my fiance to get a house without consulting me because here he has this job. He has this beautiful woman that he loves and he has this child he just had, you know, I feel like he really is in this 
place of gratitude and happiness and euphoria. Maybe he doesn't care as much about where they live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he is so fantastic. And yeah. I, I really like him and getting to know him this season was really awesome. Again, like you mentioned, he's, he, he was very, so relatable and just down to earth and the way he talks and the way he expresses himself in a way like, and I like how he actually takes action for his own mistakes and recognizing like the stuff he's done, for example, with Nikki and her postpartum, he's just like, well, I didn't know that. Like, I wish I knew, like, I wish I could have asked her. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, sh- I could have just said, Hey, how's your day going? And, but I didn't. And that was my mistake. And I was, I, it was just like, wow, Artem, like, who are you? <laughs> right. And he's I, so great. I, do you ever feel like you, every once in a while still compare him to John Cena. I kind of do. And I'm just like, it's so bad because they're two completely different people. And yeah. And they're both great in different ways. It's just, it's not like one's better. One's not, I don't have those thoughts, but like even this season when you're watching Artem with dancing with the stars, I couldn't help but be reminded of how Nikki and Artem were partners while John (laughs) and her were engaged and thinking like, you know, everyone had these rumors of them together and they have such great chemistry. And I don't believe that they pushed through that. I mean, I'm sure they had chemistry, but I don't think that they acted on it. Um, but how weird it is to be for that to be now this now that they're having a baby now that they're like fully immersed in their love and they're like engaged. And I can't help but think like how weird that must be, especially for John, who was like, wait a second. And I mean, he's fine now. He's married which is crazy. They had a pretty quick wedding. You said, yeah. Yeah. It was quick. I think they were what, uh, together for like almost a year and a half and Mm. boom, they just got married. She's beautiful. She is. She's super smart. She's like some sort of scientist and innovator for her company. And I think she's also an engineer and all that. So yeah, she's pretty high up there in the rankings in her career. Um, can, but... you, can you imagine if they get pregnant? I just, oh I don't think they God. will. Like, I have a feeling they <laughs> probably had, like, he must have now altered the conversation he has with someone he's dating. Like, I feel like with Nikki he was like, listen, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. But I feel like for the next one, for this one, he was probably like, listen, I'm open to getting married, but I really do not want kids. And I need to know ahead of time. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the thing with John and Nikki. I I loved them together. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this sort of yeah. a lot, but I've loved I loved them together. They were obviously in love. They were obviously super you know, caring about each other. But there was something that slightly that just didn't work. And a lot of it was that I felt very empathetic to Nikki that like she was trying to change her mind about having kids. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. They're like, wait a second. My partner's very convinced about not having kids. I'm hoping he changes his mind one day because, or I'm hoping I change my mind because the love here, you could see Nikki talk about it. He was, she was like, I love him so much. And the idea of, you know, not having like not having him in my life is harder to think about than the idea of not having kids in my life. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if his conversation now with his now wife, it was, I'm fine with getting married. I'm not okay with having kids. And for her to be like, I didn't want them. It's fine. Like maybe he found a partner unless they have kids and he's changed his mind too. But 
maybe he found a partner who's like, no, I, I don't want kids either. That's, that's something I've always thought about. So he found that partner who feels the same way. I hope so. I really hope so. That's the case where he's found someone who said, yeah, don't want them either. So, but let's get married. <laughs> right. I, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's like, you know, just thinking about people in general and life, like Angelica, have you ever like sort of been attracted to someone who you're like, I don't think that we're right, but I just feel like this closeness or this attraction. Have you ever felt that way? I'm trying or, to think possibly like I've, I've had a chemistry with a guy and this was years ago. This was, this was college, early college, mm-hmm. but I had, I had feelings for a guy who I just felt very close to. And, and it was very hard for me at the time to ever really feel that close to any guy. Like I just felt like, um, I just wasn't having chemistry with a lot of men at the time, but I, I really, really liked him. And I found out at the end, like after really connecting with him on this like group movie thing that we went to see, um, that he had had a girlfriend. I was so disappointed and we ended up still staying in touch. And over the course of a few months kind of developed feelings for each other. And he broke up with his girlfriend and I was so conflicted. I remember thinking, whoa, this doesn't feel right. I, I know that we have great chemistry. I know we get along so well. I know we can talk for a long time. And I told myself I would never do that again. Like I never would put myself in a position where if I felt strong feelings for someone, I still wouldn't pursue them if I felt like the inherent values weren't like aligning. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt about looking at John and Nikki that like their inherent values were different. There was something, you know, Nikki wanted and there was something John didn't. And they're both allowed to have those wants. And yet they still had these incredibly strong feelings for each other. And I almost wanted to be like, fight those strong feelings. You'll find them with someone else, but you need to find someone with those values that align. It's true. You do, because it's like, well, then what's the point if you can't and, you know, Nikki's always said she's always wanted to be a mom. And I think we've right. seen it in Total Divas when they were on Total Divas, like with all the other the other women. They were just like, yeah, I want kids. Yeah, I want kids. Because then we've seen most of their closest friends on there that they said, no, I don't want any. Like, you know, but I'm glad that Artem came into the picture. But of yeah. course, there was that, like you mentioned, that speculation of like, oh, maybe what happened during the during dancing with the stars and stuff and having John in the sidelines and seeing all this unfold when she starts going out with him after and kind of testing it out and see if this is an actual thing. Uh, Like, could they pursue in this relationship and, you know, they get engaged, they have a kid, they're going to get married. And (laughs) John's just, I feel like John's kind of over it because he's so focused on his really, and he seems like he's keeping it really down low. Right. And you don't really hear anything unless you see them spotting, having like coffee or something on the street, but uh, very private right now. Um, And I think, and that works for him too. Like he's a very Mm -hmm. private person. It was really nice. I mean, I didn't really know much about him prior to the show. I know you were a fan of him. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like, I don't know, man. I I just feel like he's, he is a private person and Nikki's a very open person, you know, (laughs) like she has a reality show. It's funny that we even can comment on these people's love lives. Reality TV is such a weird like, like game, you know, you watch and you see these people's private lives and you have opinions about them. It's like bizarre in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And, um, what you mentioned there kind of brought me back to that scene in the season of 
Artem trying to understand Nikki of like how she just puts everything out there. And, you know, Daniel having that conversation that the twins have been so open about everything. And it's something you kind of just have to get used to it and have those conversations of what to share and what not to share. Right. And it's funny because it's not even just being open with like what you want to share, but like there's a whole storyline with Nikki where she was like, I just want to be naked. Remember? Yeah. I just want to be naked in my pool. And they're like, you have neighbors who literally can see you being naked. Like the kids across the street can see you. And she's like, whatever. (laughs) It's my pool. Like they can close their (laughs) eyes. Maybe it'll be different in LA. Maybe they'll be able to get like, uh, like some sort of fence or gate so she can like prance around naked all the time. (laughs) But that was a cool prank. I was just like, I don't know how they're going to play this off. Cause I, we've never seen Arden play a prank. Of course we've seen Brie and Daniel do a lot of pranks and JJ. uh, Oh, let's tell people what the prank was just in case they haven't seen it. (laughs) So Nikki was going through a phase of just like during her pregnancy of wanting to just be naked. She yeah, it was really hot in Arizona. They're at home <laughs> all the time. She has a pool. <laughs> she has a pool. And she just wanted to. And also she was going through other things because also Artem was kind of not. Uh, I, I guess from her perspective, not giving her much attention. Oh, like during... sexually, like, like, yeah, he physically wasn't like touching her a lot or no or like like sexually whatever doing stuff with her because he felt like how weird is it that there's a baby in there which apparently a lot of fathers feel yeah and it's a common thing so nikki tried different ways just like you know being in the house naked and going to the pool naked to get his attention and hopefully you know get what she needs and um artem was kind of just like what are you doing like this is you know, people can see you, um, you shouldn't be doing that. And then he ends up going to speak with Brie about it. Like, like, what do we do? Like, how can I tell her to stop doing it? Like, this is like the third day apparently. And Brie decided to, why don't we just play a prank? Why don't we just say that one of the neighbors on the opposite side that, Hey, their kids saw a naked woman in their pool. Yeah. And, um, I felt like it was, he was kind of scared to do it because he wasn't sure if he does get caught. And it's like, you know, what's the reaction am I going to get out of Nikki? <laughs> Cause you don't know, maybe she might be so angry and just walk off. Cause we've seen it so many times when she gets upset and they decide to sit down with her and say, Hey, like, you know, we've been getting, I got a text message from the neighbor saying that um, you were in the pool naked and my son saw you naked. And she was just like, yeah, so. she's like i didn't get it but she eventually did they eventually like explained to her how not great it was yeah it's not great because again if there's kids too but also did you want your pictures being exploited right the tabloids that's another thing too so which i kind of forgot like i she kind of forgot about that yeah yeah, so that was funny. And, you know, she had the talk and she wasn't happy about it, which we've seen when Nikki doesn't get her way. She does get really upset. Um, same thing with Brie. They're both the same. They just react differently. And um, at least they were able to kind of just tell her, you know, just be clothed. If you're going to go in the pool, just be clothed. Or maybe just go at night. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the solution for that is, but they came up with one because that storyline ended. 
pretty much. So going into Artem, to the bromance that he created with Daniel, I felt like this was something, they're both completely different people. For sure. Daniel's more of the outdoorsman, loves the mountains, you know, likes to garden, um, hike as well. And Artem wanted to really, which I was just like, again, kudos to you, Artem, giving him the brownie points of wanting to create a relationship with Daniel. Because if we're going to be living together, might as well start the bromance somehow because we'll be seeing each other. Yeah, I thought it was such a lovely thing to watch. Like they even pulled a prank on the girls. Remember when they were like mm-hmm. hiking and they were biking and they were like, I think they just sat out in a tent, but they had told them that they like got lost or something. <laughs> it was cute. They did some cute thing. And then every once in a while they would have conversations that like men don't normally have on camera, it seems like, you know, so like Daniel would say to Artem, listen, I know exactly how you feel, but like, you know, in terms of, um, like having sex with your fiance or wife or whatever while they're pregnant. However, like it's good for the baby, for the mom to get an orgasm. It was like a whole conversation and it was so awkward, but like lovely to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because also we, we get to see Brian really kind of be a little bit more open. And if we were to rewind back to season one, season two he was still very kind of quiet the jokester uh trying to like avoid like tough conversations and kind of just be in the sidelines and just let the cameras focus on the twins and the rest of the family who wanted to be a part of it and now we're seeing him more and more and he's become so open that now i could say like it's it's enjoyable watching brian and he's really opening us to his whole personality that we we were trying to figure out from the beginning. Yeah. I was listening to their, um, I, every once in a while I listened to a total Bella's episode and mm-hmm. there was one where Daniel was talking about opening up about his depression on camera. And he was like, you know, so many people afterwards wrote to me how like my vulnerability about my depression really impacted them. And I think maybe that was when he started feeling better about maybe being more vulnerable on camera. Cause he saw mm-hmm. how great, how like impactful it was for people. But, you know, he really talked about that. He was like, you know, now I've really educated myself on like depression and what it means. And I try to like share that in those tips with people all the time. Which is really awesome because he does have a great platform and why not just share it? I know it's hard. It is hard. Imagine if I had cameras watching me right now and, you know, really watching every step of that, every step you make and every motion you go through. It's, it's, I can imagine how tough it is. And for Brian, I feel like this is his opportunity to really show others like, Hey, you know, I'm human too. And despite of having an amazing job that I have and that provides for my family, you know, I still go through some of these emotions. Yeah. I mean, especially since like, you know, it's, I mean, what he does for a living is very difficult. Just the traveling and just, you know, the, the choreography and the fighting and all that stuff. I just kind of feel like that takes a toll on you anyway. Mm -hmm. Exactly. For sure. And you're away from your family and he's got two kids now and a wife and wife's not traveling anymore, working with him. And it's become a lot harder. I'm assuming. 
Yeah, I imagine. Too. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, he was very sort of open and relaxed on camera, it felt like. Yeah, and he was more funnier and he was just like, he was so excited. I know we did see a part of them kind of discussing, like, I don't want to have children. Like I, she was just so keen of just having this one child and he was pretty disappointed. Like, oh yeah, my heart broke for him about that, which is why I wish I, you know, it's sad. It's sort of sad to say, but like, I kind of wish the pregnancy reveals to the partners were more dramatic. Did you feel that (laughs) way? Like, I just felt like with, especially with the buildup of Daniel, like not being able to get the kid that he wanted or second kid and having to let that go. And then the fact that both pregnancies were at the same time, I just wanted, like, it almost felt like their pregnancy reveals to their partners were so normal, which is like, I guess, very reality TV. But like, there was a part of me that was like, I want it to be a bit more, I don't know what that means. I don't, it doesn't mean like I want it to be a big reveal, but there was just something about the way they did it. That was just so normal. It was like, yeah, I just took this test and I'm pregnant. You're like, that's how you're going to tell him. we just saw a couple weeks ago this poor man like wanting to have a second child and you just come in here like hey i just got new shoes exactly that's how it felt and i was like (laughs) and the fact that both of them were pregnant i was like this should be more of a thing you know and then and then nikki uh bella's a breeze reacts a lot of bees breeze reaction when she finds out Nikki's pregnant there was almost this hint of like what you know did you feel that way there was like an element of like almost anger that like it took Bree so long to get pregnant and Nikki was like I think I'm pregnant and Bree's like no no like you can't be you just talked about you just got engaged like you you calm down um but I mean, I think afterwards she was like so thrilled, obviously, that they both were pregnant at the same time and was like, it was so happy for her. But yeah, I think her initial reaction was a little like angry. Like, wait, are you? No, no. Like, you can't be like, do you know what this means? You are not prepared for this. It's like, OK, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> it's true. I, I I see that. I remember that. And it's like she it was kind of like the spotlight was getting away from her all mm, of a sudden maybe. because we've seen. Nikki was very pretty much the highlight. It was the relationship with John Cena, which has created so much hype through their whole entire relationship and onto the show. And it was just, I felt like there was that, it was always Nikki and Nikki and Nikki because a lot of people gravitated towards this. Oh my God, John Cena, Nikki, we get to see them in their day-to-day lives. And who would have thought? Because it's just such rare considering the fact that John Cena is one of their biggest wrestlers and it's been you know you're just so curious like and pretty what private yeah what happens outside of wrestling in a relationship with Nikki Bella so I kind of feel like Brie has again they're both competitive but it's just the camera's been so focused on Nikki and John's relationship when Brie had Birdie it was just I felt like she wasn't getting enough from it. It was just like, oh, Birdie's here. And we we kind of see a little bit of that. And then Nikki breaks up with John. And then all of a sudden cameras are back at them and more camera time with her and how she's going to move on from her life from John. And then th- we see their businesses. We see all of that. Pre getting uh, Birdie be- becoming older and you know trying to figure it out the toddler life and then all of a sudden we're going back to nikki dancing with the stars meeting artem 
So I kind of feel like when she said, I think I'm pregnant, it's like, oh, great. Like now it's going to be more focused on Nikki because she's pregnant. She's always wanted this and she's in this new relationship with Artem. And I kind of felt like she was going through those emotions because I feel like Nikki gets more of the attention than Brie and Brie tries to strive for it. And maybe this is why we've seen Brie open up with more things. So this way she can you know, create her uh, awareness and what she's going through. So that's my opinion. I feel like there was just like, oh gosh, she's pregnant and everyone's just going to focus on her. It's going to be all over the tabloids. It's going to be just Nikki. See, you know, that's interesting. I wasn't thinking about that at all. I thought it was more like, and, and that could very well be it. Um, But I, I thought it was more like, you know, here, well, first of all, Nikki, I mean, first of all, Brie, like, had been trying to have a second kid. I think, I don't remember if she was having trouble having Birdie, too, but you definitely saw that she was trying, she was um, having she a was lot trying. of trouble, right? Yeah. yeah. So she's having a lot of trouble having a baby. And especially with the second kid, like, they had to give up. They were like, this isn't working. Yeah. And then Nikki gets engaged and has this, you know, feeling <laughs> of like, was this too fast? Like, did I say yes too quickly? And having those thoughts. And then the next conversation she has with Brie is I'm pregnant. And I think Brie's like, wait a second, I'm pregnant. And like, that took a long time. And you're not even sure about your situation. You're not married, which a lot of people aren't when they have kids now, Mm -hmm. but like, you're not married and you're not even sure about your fiance. You just got engaged and you're not even quite a hundred percent. And now you're pregnant. Like, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. But I thought that that, I thought that that frustration and jealousy came from like, do you know how hard I worked and I, yeah. we wanted to have a kid. We were married. We wanted to have a kid and it didn't work for a long time. And you're telling me you're not sure about your situation. You're not ready. It wasn't like you were trying to have a baby. You just got pregnant. And I feel like I can imagine if anyone, you know, I've never, I haven't been in a situation where I, I've wanted to get pregnant yet, but you know, in my head, I can only imagine if you're having like a lot of difficulty and then you see someone just, get pregnant accidentally must be so frustrating yeah it's uh, definitely it's like you know I know I shared this personally on the podcast on my about myself that it's hard for me to get pregnant and you know you're Mm -hmm. trying for so long and then you see you know, you see friends and acquaintances so like, Hey, I'm pregnant. Oh, great. That's you're like awesome. so happy for you, but like yeah. through clenched teeth. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I, I can relate to Brie where you're just trying and trying and you're kind of just like, how much more do I need to try? And yeah, I, I, I did get that from her too, as well. Like that sense of like, Oh my gosh, like you, the way you mentioned it was perfect. Like you're not even sure about your relationship. You're kind of iffy about this whole situation. You don't even know where he's going to go because he doesn't have a job and everything. And exactly. Just, oh, great. Now you're pregnant. Great. And like that was I quick. in a stable situation. <laughs> like I have a child already. I have a husband. I have like a home. I have like more permanency, more stability. And like you got pregnant. What? um but obviously she changed her mind I think she's super happy that they both were but um yeah thanks for sharing that with me I didn't I didn't know that about you um but maybe it's also inspiring to see like I think there's a lot of stories like Breeze which is that when they stopped putting too much pressure on it that like Mm -hmm. and that you know listen that's something that I can relate to I mean obviously it's so different wanting a kid and wanting like 
some like an acting job, if you will. Very, very different. I'm going to be very mindful of that. It is a different situation. But there, you know, people say the same thing to me all the time, too. Like, it's like, oh, when you least like when you kind of put away that you don't want, you know, an acting job quite as much, you know, if it's it's like almost anything in life. They say like energetically, if you hold on to it too tight, then, you know, you won't get it. But then as soon as you let it go, you get it. You know what I mean? And like people tell me all that time, all the time about, you know, that in acting. And I'm like, it's so much easier said than done. Like you can't just like let go of your want, your desire for something whether it's, you know, anything in your life. It's, it's very hard to just be like, I'm just letting this go. But like Brie did, she let it go and then she got pregnant. So I guess it worked for her. It's true. And they always say that you just kind of let things go. You got to just change your routine a little bit, have that balance. And there's like exactly. a whole science to it where it's just like, really, it comes down to don't have stress and right, <laughs> try to figure right. out how to not have stress. And then but like, how you do know, you do that? Just, you know what I mean? How do you just decide not to have stress? It's such a, oh man. It's oh, a common my. thing. We all have it. There's environmental stress. There's work stress. Exactly. There's stress. There's, there's the fact that there's a pandemic going on. No. So yeah, congratulations to the both of them and especially yeah. Brie. And Nikki, it's just, it's just crazy. Now it does still become a competition because oh my God. Nikki that- gives birth before Brie. And Brie was supposed to, let's just be very clear. Brie was supposed to give birth beforehand. I think she was due a yeah. week or two, maybe before. And they did say in the beginning, listen, because we're two weeks, you know, our due dates are two weeks apart or something. We're, we're like, we still have a chance we could have our kids born around the same day because, you know, two <laughs> weeks is still in this, you know, time frame where it's like, oh, you know, that could, that could be overlapping and then out of and then I think Brie was dilated for a I, I don't know how that works but apparently you could be dilated for a long time and not have not have your water break mm-hmm. so I think she was dilated for a long time and not giving birth and Nikki was like oh I guess I'll go and then like 24 <laughs> hours later Nikki um and uh, 24 hours later um Brie gives birth I mean well she has a c-section but I feel like it didn't you. Have, I think the question I had in my mind is like, why did they just schedule the C-section for the day before? Is it hard to like get another appointment to be like, hey, listen, <laughs> my sister's in the hospital right now. She's giving birth today. Can we just move up our C-section a little bit? Yeah, like SBR. I didn't. I, maybe it was just so busy. <laughs> Who knows? But Who knows? I'm pretty maybe the doctor. Well, then again, the doctor has to deal with the same OB had to deal with, um, cause they both had the same OB. She had to attend to Nikki, um, you know, h- help her out during her labor. And then she had to run and get ready for a C-section. Yeah. So maybe they just wanted the same doctor and they kind of had to wait. Like, you, you know, your sister is in labor right now. I can do it tomorrow. If the baby doesn't come tomorrow for Nikki, then we will, we'll have a second time and it'll be this time because I I've heard that when you have your own OB, she is actually taking you through to the birth of your baby and she will be there to deliver your baby unless there's like an emergency and she has to tend to another patient, but it's like, she's going to be there make sure she's there for you to the end of your term and deliver that baby. So maybe that probably must've happened where she wasn't sure when Nikki was going to give birth and kind of said, okay, you know what, you're going to come in this day and this time and hopes that your sister has her baby. Right. Which is nuts. 
which is crazy. (laughs) But it was, it it definitely made for an interesting season. You know, like there was just so much in one season, don't you think? There was a lot. And even we even forgot to get into a little bit here is about their own mother. And I felt like, I felt like, oh my gosh, I just want to give her a huge hug. And it was just for her to go through what she went through, which I forgot what she, what they thought she had and what she thought she had cerebral palsy. Okay. I think so. The eye, like they, I think that's how they described it. And then it turned into like a tumor that they had to Mm -hmm. surgically remove, which they did so successfully. But I wonder how she is now because I mean, it really, like, I felt so bad because it must be really hard to also do that in front of the camera, you know? Oh, for sure. And, you know, them just sitting together with uh, Johnny of, like, that was a scary... I even cried watching that scene of them together, the twins, mom and Johnny, just talking about before surgery. Um, She was just like, I need you girls to take care of Johnny because he's taking care of me and all that conversation. I was just like, oh my God, stop it. (laughs) Like, you know, it was so sad. And unfortunately you do have to think of these situations because you never know. And it's just, you just never know. So it's like, um, it was just an emotional, but that segment was so emotional for me that I was just like, oh my God, Johnny, you're amazing. Like, I you know, know it's like- there the entire time in the hospital didn't leave, yes. like just no. so devoted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can only hope it's so lovely to think about that someone's there for you like that. Yeah. And he was just gushing out his heart too at that same moment like yeah. you know I love her and I will always be there for her and don't worry I will be there when she goes in and be there when she comes out be there for every step of the way through recovery I'm just like stop it oh, I was not prepared for this <laughs> yeah <laughs> not prepared for that but yeah I'm curious to see her recovery and how she it seems like there's a lot of therapy through it all and um i hope she just recovers quickly but it was nice to see the wwe universe really come together because she was part of obviously the twins career and traveling with them and being there backstage and just really just being that momager and when that happened and they posted it on uh, instagram when she was going into surgery everybody from like all the wwe superstars was just literally on her instagram oh, I didn't saying know like that. i hope you have a quick recovery and you know sending prayers and it was just amazing because she was in the backstages like that's somebody you don't you don't miss like you see the bellas you she was there for the other girls and the other girls had a great relationship with uh kathy and it was just like kind of the mom on the road because they wouldn't be able to see their parents on the road that often like Kathy would. And Kathy was the one that some of the girls kind of went up to and kind of said, Hey, like what's going on. And the, you know, they will pour out whatever they're going through and she'll try to help them out. So it was really nice to see the whole WWE universe kind of just come together Aww, and say, I didn't know like, that. Yeah, speedy recovering everything. And I was just like, Oh, this is so cute. <laughs> Too much Aww. emotion. That's so lovely. Yeah. yeah, it was so nice to see. And then um, a, quite a bit of the superstars sent, uh, I think she posted it too on her stories from what I remember. Uh, they sent her flowers, they sent her gift baskets and everything. And it was just like, that's so, that's so sweet. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a nice supportive community that they have there. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. Um, you know, I, I did see a quite a bit of the total divas and, you know, it was nice to see behind the scenes and like what they all go through together. It's like one big happy family at the end of the day, no matter who wins or loses, because yeah. it's all scripted, but they <laughs> right. do travel together, yeah. you know, 350 days you're seeing these people. You know, you spend holidays it together. It has to be less than 350. Like, there's no way that they're only at home for 15 days of the year. That just feels, like, insane. It feels insane, but you know what? Oh I remember God. in one of the episodes of Total Divas, one of them said, I'm never home. And when I'm home wow. for 15 days, I just want to be in my house. Oh my God. Like, I just want to be in my house and do nothing. And it depends. Like, if you're in the high yeah. ranking of, a of let's say, John Cena. That guy would travel all year round and you hardly see him. Right. Um, then you're going to get a he hefty also set. does movies and stuff. So he must not be doing WWE all year in order to be able to record a movie or like of shoot course. a movie. Yeah, because, you know, you got to make time for that. So they have to change storylines around and try to figure out, okay, who's going to fill in for John Cena for the next coming months or year and go from there. So um I know Daniel Bryan was on a hefty schedule and, you know, Brie right. kind of just felt it when they were yeah. doing Total Bellas, uh, Total Divas, sorry. And Brie was kind of like, this is too much. Like, I barely see you. But she was lucky to have her twin sister because, you know, yeah, they're always it makes together. The, it makes the good, like, it, it, it is a good rationale for them to, like, have each other nearby because mm-hmm. not only do they work together, but it's also a little bit of, like, you know, my husband or partner is away and I need yeah. someone here. And I think Daniel said that like Artem would cook for Brie and Nikki when Daniel was gone. So it's like, at least there was someone there to kind of help two pregnant twins. <laughs> <laughs> and how awesome is that to have Artem as your chef besides him being so talented on the dance floor, but also as a chef, I was like, wait a second, is right? this something you? <laughs> yeah. It's insane. I was like, yeah, I didn't realize that was another skill he had, but I was so happy when he got dancing with the stars again. I was really happy too. And okay. We cannot forget to mention when they went to go see the house that Nikki bought. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so they went to go see this house guys. She'd been avoiding Nikki had been avoiding seeing this house that she window shopped essentially online. Like she was like online shopping. She's like, yeah, I'll choose this one today. So she said, I'm nervous to go see it. I've been putting it off. Because I'm nervous that like I've sold our dream home for a house that ends up being kind of <laughs> not so great looking. And that's what happened. She went in and she was like, oh, this sucks. Like this was this might not have been the best choice, but I think they renovated it and probably made it their home or whatever. But um, yeah, they ended up, it ended up not working out right away that like he that she had purchased a home without seeing it. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, they do have to go through a lot of renovations. And I think they started renovating, I think it was a couple months back. They started renovating the kitchen first, and then they're kind of moving slowly. I think people uh, underestimate how long it takes to build a house or to renovate it. Because people seem to like feel very comfortable about doing that whenever. But it takes a long time. Like you don't sell, you can't sell something to move into a home to renovate it because you have to live in your house. You have to live somewhere for a period of time. It takes so long. Yeah, it does take so long. So 
I love that scene because yeah. she even even mentioned it because they were both already kind of drunk from their outing with their brother and reconciling that relationship. <laughs> it was so hilarious. They're just like, wow, you know, Artem better win that Maribel trophy because that <laughs> bonus is going to go towards the renovations. So I was like, funny. Oh. <laughs> that is so true, though. <laughs> but Artem, again, he was calm as a cucumber and was just like all right well I hope you learn from this situation yeah I kind of feel like you know for someone like Nikki's personality that does stuff like that but also you know just as a very open and like extroverted person in many respects you know I was thinking about John Cena like John is not like a guy like that you know like I feel like Artem is the type of guy who's just a bit more easygoing a bit more like you know like I'll let you call the shots more and I feel like John Cena is not someone you know he seems like a very nice guy don't get me wrong but definitely more of like a um, a control a more controlling guy like more someone who's like I have to make more of the shots or I have to like call these shots more, that kind of thing. Like he just is a man who knows what he wants. And he had like lots of moments where he would kind of allude to that in the previous seasons. But I think Artem's a bit more easygoing, kind of like, no, let, I'll let you be, you know, the decision maker on these couple of things. Let's make it more even. It possibly be the European lifestyle too. Um, I'm married to a European and there you go. Well, the, we want to both take control because obviously we're astronomically like, you know, <laughs> we want control, but I can say he can be very laid back 80% of the time. That's like, great. It's just like, Oh yeah, just sure. Just go. Um, he's more of a homebody though. I'm more of, I want to be outside and probably why the pandemic is kind of like, Oh, I just want to get out. Um, but I feel like it's in a European thing because they're so relaxed and their, their lifestyle is a bit different. And, you know, I know Artem's only been to the United States. I think he's been there for what, probably maybe more than 15. No, actually he came here very young. Yeah, That's right. So. He, came, he came here very young and I feel like he's just brought in his culture with him and just kind of just take it easy. Let me just take it easy. Why let's just enjoy life day by day. And whatever decision we have to make, we'll make it and just move on. Don't you love, speaking of holding culture, don't you love the fact that like part of his culture is to name your son with your name as their middle name? So his, like, so Mateo's middle name is Ar- Artemovich or something like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's cute. That is cute. And for us in the, uh, where I'm from, so Latino community is, the father so if you have your your son you name it after the father so for example my brother's pedro my dad's pedro that's you they inherit the first and middle name as well Mm. yeah so that's probably why there's so many multiple names right that's (laughs) awesome it's a cool tradition it is cool. It is cool. So I'm just like, do I follow that tradition or I got to f- figure out what the European tradition is like? Because, hey, maybe they they take the middle name or maybe the middle name becomes a first name. Who knows? Right. Yeah. So overall, this season, I really enjoyed it because there was so much happening. 
I uh, know. It was a real jam-packed season. Oh my gosh, yes. And seeing Artem more and Daniel Bryan more and them becoming this bromance was just I like know. it was fascinating. I really loved it. And you know, I'm glad their mom Kathy is quick on recovery. Um, but I, I really loved it. I was just like, oh my God, they're ending it when they're having birth and they're with their kids. And I'm just like, oh, and Arnhem wins the Maribel. And it's just like, wow. Oh, that's ending. a huge thing too. We didn't talk about that. I, you know, it's funny, Angelica, I'll say this. I've been watching a lot of movies and like Netflix and stuff, mm-hmm. but I haven't really watched a lot of shows that I've been ex- like, like, you know, curious to see what the next episode is, if that makes sense. Like I haven't mm-hmm. watched a lot of shows like if I look for a show on my TV, it'll it'll know it's going to be Total Bellas because I'm not looking for shows a lot. Like I'm not, yeah. you know what I mean? And I feel like Total Bellas was my show this besides Grey's Anatomy, which is always that show too for me. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like those, like I, I really didn't really look for shows to make sure to watch every week. Like I know that, okay, the episode just aired. I'm going to have to see it as opposed to other shows. I, I don't know. I don't really need to watch every episode mm-hmm. yeah know. well i keep up with my shows because netflix has gotten me into like okay there's the reality tv side of netflix that i watch and then there's the funny shows like the series i didn't know the superstar was a show and i started watching it binge watched it took me probably three weeks to get through five seasons crazy I know and then I didn't know that there was a season six and I'm like okay I need to just take it easy a little bit and then I'll wait (laughs) right exactly (laughs) but Netflix has been amazing um oh yeah and I've been watching a lot of movies I feel like now See, I'm not like, I feel like I've watched quite a bit that I don't even know what to gravitate to. And I know I tried to do this thing of, let me watch something that I would not watch. And it turns out being like, I don't want to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's always good to challenge yourself and always going into the same genre of comedy or romance or chick flicks and watch something that you don't normally watch. And it ends up being like, hmm. No, why did I watch that? Yeah, exactly. It's like you should every once in a while, it's like you try something new and you're like, mm, did work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's something nice about watching something, you're like, I know I like these. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's something nice about watching something, you're just like, I, I know I like this. Mm-hmm. Well, Michelle, I really appreciate all your time and really doing these season reviews with me of Total Bellas. I know. It's been fun. I'm glad we, how many times have we done this? Is that a third Total Bellas recap? Yeah, this is our third. And fourth episode in total, right? Yes. So cool. Yeah, this is so awesome. I cannot wait for season seven. Obviously, they haven't announced anything yet. Right. But But I feel like it's a pretty popular show. Like, I feel like they'll... Oh, they're definitely coming back. I think now it's going to be how they're going to manage work with now having Mm -hmm. kids. Which I'm curious about. I'm invested. I'm in, you know, like I I told you, I'm like listening to their podcast every once in a while. I'm like, I want more. (laughs) We all want more. And it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see them um, 
especially Nikki become like that mom. And, you know, we did see some parts of her kind of just like, I don't let anybody touch Mateo, but I'm okay with right. Brian touching him. And, you know, cause obviously he's had one and then now on to the second uh, when she needed help. So I'm just, I'm excited. Me too. Yeah. And, I'm, and we'll get to do this again. For sure. And well, Michelle, tell the listeners again where they can find you and of course about your podcast. Oh, thanks. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Simone Miller and at Mentors on the Mic. I also have this podcast, Mentors on the Mic, which I'll sort of plug. It's a it's an entertainment-based podcast. I inter- I interview accomplished mentors in entertainment um, on how they started and how they moved up. So like their overall journey. And I've interviewed producers and directors and agents and executives at networks and entertainment reporters, the whole shebang. And that is available at um, any podcast platform. So like whatever you're listening to now, then you could just look up my podcast mentors on the mic. Thank you. And definitely check it out because I've enjoyed it. And it's so inspiring to hear people in the entertainment industry and how they kind of just like you know, they went from internships and then gotten all these opportunities. And I'm just like, what? I know a couple of them started in like the mail room, like that whole story. Yeah. And then they're now like huge Emmy winning producers. And you're like, oh, there's just something so interesting about hearing. Okay. Well, how did you go from the mail room to like a big producer? Yeah. Wow, they're so inspirational. Yeah. And casting directors and how they like, I've always thought like, how does that even happen? Like, how do you become a casting director and hearing these stories of like, you know, I worked along with uh, this casting director and then kind of just like offered me a job after five months or even that you had one, I forgot her name where she was interning for like a month and the person was quitting and said, Hey, take my job. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Where do I find this? Kim Graham. I don't know if that was her, but Kim Graham was a opera singer. She was a touring professional opera singer and she didn't start casting until her mid thirties. And now she's this like very like well-known casting director in, in New York. She's, she cast me in Homeland. She was at Judy Henderson casting. So their office did, but she was, she was the one who I talked to at that office. Um, but she, she just, yeah, it's like, so they're like an award-winning casting office mm-hmm. and they've cast these big pilots and shows and theater, you know, performances and or plays really is what I'm trying to find the name for. And uh, yeah. And you're, and she started mid thirties and then like, I mean, there's another guy, uh, Jonathan Mason, who's at this very prestigious agency, and he didn't start being an agent until his early 30s. And he actually did. you? I don't know if you heard the story, but he interned for Kim Graham. So mm-hmm. there was this whole amazing thing. And I interviewed them right like back to back. I didn't know this, obviously. I didn't know their connection. And I you know, interviewed Kim. And I knew the other guy, Jonathan Mason from something else completely. And their interviews were like half hour apart. So I interviewed him in the beginning. I was like, oh, I just interviewed Kim Graham. He goes, did you know that she's like a big part of my story and why I'm I'm an agent? And I was like, (laughs) I had no idea, small world. And he said he spent his 20s kind of doing all these different things. He was in finance. He worked at an anchor, like a, like he worked to potentially become an anchor. He was a background actor. He wrote a book. He, like, he did all these things. And then in his like early 30s, he interned for Kim 
at Judy Henderson Casting. And he tried to become a casting director. And they were like, you're kind of not them, but other casting offices that were hiring were like, you're kind of too old. So then he had to intern to be an agent. So he interned twice in his early 30s. Um, I just thought that was amazing, especially their connection. But it's just, you never know, man. You know, a lot of the things I've learned from these people is like, don't be so like critical about where you are in your career because everyone starts different places. It's true. It's so true. And even I think I've, I've listened to somebody on Clubhouse saying like, I was in one of the rooms of entrepreneurship and they said, it doesn't matter where you start. Because if you look at these big CEOs of these big companies, they didn't start when they were 20. They didn't start when they were 30. Most of these people start in their mid-30s to their early 40s. And yeah, there is a lot of work to put into it. But the whole point of this is it's never too late. Like you can make that career jump or try something new. And you just, if you really want it, then you can do it. Yeah. Also, that reminds me, follow us on Clubhouse, man. Yes. You can find me. I think I'm Michelle S. Miller or something. Um, but I've been doing a bunch of Clubhouses every every or Clubhouse rooms every week. So definitely follow along. And I interview agents and casting directors and super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, to all the audience out there and listeners, it, it's going to be in the show notes, all her information. Uh, definitely you. check her out on pod. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Definitely check her out on Clubhouse and of course her podcasts. Uh, fantastic stuff, especially if you're very into the entertainment industry, but also it could be good for inspiration for yourself. And I've been inspired by a lot of your guests. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> well, thank you again, Michelle. This has been so much fun. Yeah. And, oh my thank gosh. Thank you I can't for wait. having me. Oh my gosh, Michelle. It's always so fun and I can't wait to have you back. Thanks. Well, to all my listeners out there, thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ken. AKA the gentleman of the gentleman lifestyle podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And now you're you listening, are to listening to, to a, little a little bit of, bit of everything, everything with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me. hope you enjoyed this episode just don't forget to rate review and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to